Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. It was only about nine or ten years ago, I weighed 45 pounds more than I do today. I remember looking at the scale and seeing the numbers 219. I also remember looking at photographs of myself and just being embarrassed and thinking to myself, like, that's, that's, I don't think that's what I look like, is it? Tried to, to cover up my weight. I hated getting photographs of myself next to other normal-weighted people. But, you know, eventually I, I just decided that enough was enough, that I didn't like the way that I was feeling. I was unhealthy. I had no energy. And I was hugely self-conscious of myself, of my looks, of my weight. And so I worked my butt off for two years, dieting, exercising, until I got myself to the point where I was down to a healthy weight. I, I was feeling so much better than I had been before. But the strange thing was, is that my struggle with body image didn't stop there. One moment I'd be looking at myself in the mirror and, and, and just kind of posing there like, how you doing? And then the next I'd be trying to hide my love handles or freaking out because I felt like my face looked a little puffy that day and that somebody might judge me, someone might look down on me, or I just wasn't looking my best. And according to recent statistics, I'm not alone in this struggle. Statistics actually say that most of us, or at least many of us, are dealing with these same kinds of issues, or are having trouble with these same sorts of things. 80% of American women, studies say, don't like the way that they look. 34% of men are dissatisfied with their body. Over 50% of Americans are not happy with their current weight. And 70% of normal-weighted women want to be thinner. Over 80% of 10-year-olds, listen to me, over 80% of 10-year-olds are worried about getting fat. Only 4% of women polled around the world consider themselves beautiful. And more than half of all women globally, which works out to 54%, agree that when it comes to how they look, they are their own worst beauty critic. There are negative side effects, negative physical side effects when we feel this way, ne negative emotional side effects when we're looking at ourselves in this way. According to Park Nicolette Melrose Center, body image is a big problem in our society and can lead to depression, social anxiety, and eating disorders. Not only that, but it, it can lead to spiritual issues as well. 
It can lead us to a place where, where we're not dedicating the time that we should to God, where, where we're looking down on others or looking down on ourselves instead of recognizing who we are in God's eyes. How are we supposed to find a healthy body image in a culture that idolizes the 1% of people around the world who actually meet some sort of superficial cultural standard? who are then made up in high-end clothing and makeup and then have any little imperfections photoshopped out of them until they look perfect to be presented to the world? How are we supposed to get a realistic view, a realistic understanding of our value, of our worth? How are we supposed to treat one another and ourselves with respect and dignity when everything around us says we're not good enough. We don't look how we should. We have a flaw, and we need to do everything we can to hide it or fix it. Today we're going to consider what God has to say about us and our bodies and what we look like. Surely God gives us some sort of wisdom. Surely God has something to say on this topic to help lift us out of these feelings of despair, these feelings of depression or anxiety or, or, or just being obsessed and consumed with what people think of how we look. Surely there's something that God can do in this situation. Let's pray before we continue. Heavenly Father, I ask today that in each one of our lives, you will give us confidence. That you will help us to look past superficial things and to focus on what matters. God, make our hearts receptive to what you want to say to us today. And I ask that you'll take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to look in our Bibles at Psalm chapter 139, Psalm 139. If you're looking in a paper Bible for the book of Psalms, you're just going to want to open it to the middle. This is part of the Hebrew scriptures, which we as Christians call the Old Testament. It's it's the stuff that was written before Jesus's birth, death, and resurrection. And the book of Psalms is filled with poems and songs and hymns written towards God in every state imaginable of the human condition. And today, as we come to Psalm 139, which is a great psalm, I encourage you to read it, to derive encouragement from it. Today, we're going to come to verse 13. We're going to start in verse 13 and read to verse 18. It'll also be on the screen down below me here as we read. God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, And knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still 
with me. When I wake up, you are still with me. In the midst of everything that goes on in our lives, what an encouraging thought that God thinks so passionately, so much about you and me. Imagine that. In the midst of all of our worries, in the midst of all the chaos of life, in the midst of all of our feelings of of shame or insignificance, God is thinking about us. God does not abandon us. But even more than that, what we see the psalmist saying here is that that God actually intentionally took the time to put together every aspect of us in our mother's wombs. Hear me on that. God created you with care. In fact, you could put it this way, like a master sculptor. God formed each part of you with care. Like a master sculptor, God formed each part of you with care. So when you look in the mirror and you say, I don't like my nose, well, God gave you that nose. When you you look in the mirror and you say, well, I don't look like the person on TV, you were never meant to look like the person on TV. That's not where your value comes from. In fact, I love this. If we go back to creation, if if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, this is what we see. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's skip down to verse 31. Listen to this. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Did, did you hear that? Not only did God form you with care in your mother's womb, but you were made in God's image. And he has called you very good. You were made in God's image and he has called you very good. You and me, we are a reflection in the mirror of a part of God. And so when God looks at you, he sees a part of himself. When God looks at you, he sees a part of himself. When God looks at you, he sees a part of himself. And he loves you. And he's made you with care. Now we also have to understand that that the world is not as it should be. The first man, the first woman that God created, they disobeyed God. They went against God's design for the world. And when they did that, something called sin entered the world. Sin is anything that goes against the design that God had for you and for me and for the world. And when sin entered the world, it bound humanity. It brought with it death and decay and brokenness, which we see all around ourselves. And so, yes, there are things that happen to us, that aren't in God's design. But we're also told in Scripture that God works all things together for the good of those 
who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So whoever you are and whatever you think is a a flaw, know that God loves you. God cares deeply about you. He's thinking about you and he he can use what is going on with you. He can use the things that you hate about yourself and he can use them for good. God cares about you deeply. What you perceive as flaws and all. Now, I do have to point out here that in me talking about God having created our bodies in this whole uh, series about body image that we're going through right now, some of us, our body image issues, while they don't impact our worth, they are impacting our health. What I mean by that is if you're addicted to donuts and pop, You're not treating your body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit, very well. You're not taking care of that which God has made. That's not his plan for you. Okay, If you're carrying so much weight that the doctors are worrying about you and they're trying to tell you to get healthy, I don't want you to tell them, well, God formed me with care in the womb, so there's no need for me to try to change myself. No, if there's a health issue, please listen to your doctors, listen to medical science, and get to the place, do whatever you can to get to that place of being healthy so that you can serve God with all that you have. Don't, don't hear me wrong here. But at the same time, we, we do need to remember as well that like a master sculptor, God formed each part of you with care, that he is thinking about you, that he loves you, that he designed you with great passion and with great love and great intent, and that you have an intrinsic value, intrinsic worth to God because you were made in God's image and he has called you very Good. Friends, the fact of the matter is, is that we spend so much of our energy and time trying to hide our issues and worrying that someone is going to judge us for our physical flaws. That we end up without much time, without much energy or confidence to focus on loving God and on loving others. In fact, what I've found is that often when we feel self-conscious about ourselves, it leads to us trying to tear other people down. So instead of being the loving people that God has called us to be, we actually end up being people that look down on others, that that try to put others in their place, that try to lift ourselves up by, by showing others that they're not as good as us. And that is directly opposed to what God has called us to do. Low body image, being self-conscious about ourselves, it can cause us to artificially limit our abilities because we don't feel worthy. But the fact of the matter is, if God is calling you to it, you are worthy. You are worthy. The interesting thing is, is that we spend so much time trying to meet some sort of cultural beauty standard, and yet cultural standards of beauty change over time. The idealized body shape, body type, how muscular somebody should be, the shape of the face, the the hair color, whatever it may be, the hairstyles, all of it, it, it changes over time. And you can see this when you look at paintings and sculptures from throughout history. These things are masterpieces. 
And at their time, they were designed to show idealistic human beauty. And yet the fact of the matter is, is that many of the people in these paintings and these sculptures would not be considered ideal today. In fact, they would probably feel like they had body issues today. Yet that sculpture or that painting, you know, we don't take it down from its place in the museum because, oh, that person, they're just not pretty anymore. Right? We don't take the painting down because, oh man, that's just not a beautiful person anymore. The painting doesn't lose its value. The sculpture doesn't lose its value. It doesn't lose its ability to, to cause someone to, to stand before it in awe of the craftsmanship and the workmanship simply because our standards of beauty have changed. No, it looks exactly as the artist intended for it to look. It is exactly as it should be. And the artist would be proud of it today just like he was proud of it before. And we today recognize these things for what they are, beautiful masterpieces. And it doesn't matter if the person has a little bit of extra belly fat. It doesn't matter if someone's thighs are a little bigger or if they have a different kind of nose than we'd prefer. It doesn't matter any of those things because it's not about our cultural standards of idealized beauty. It is about the intention of the artist, about the intention of the sculptor. And friends, what what I want to make sure that we all understand here today is that Scripture tells us that we are painstakingly crafted by God's own hand. Listen, like a master sculptor, God formed each part of you with care. So when he looks at you, he doesn't look at you based on what he sees in Cosmo or what he sees in men's fitness or any of these other magazines or on television or in the movies. What he sees is the masterpiece that he created in the womb. And he loves you and he cares about you and he recognizes the value that you have within you. What if each one of us began to recognize the intrinsic value and beauty not only of ourselves, but of all those that God has put around us? What if we no longer sought to compare and to judge ourselves and others based on what we look like? And instead chose to live up to our potential and encourage others to do the same. Listen, how would it change our community if each one of us took hold of this reality and began to share it with our neighbors and coworkers and all the people that we meet around town? If we began to tell them, listen, Jesus loves you. Jesus accepts you just the way that you are. He loves you just the way that you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. So come join me, because you have value, you have worth, and you're called to more. For myself, I know I'm still working to find a balance between self-confidence and pride, between not caring 
and eating all the Christmas goodies. Didn't do very good on that this Christmas. Being healthy. What is healthy? How much attention do I need to pay to that? Between caring too much and obsessing over things. But what I am doing is I I am working hard to make sure that my identity and my hope are found in Jesus. Not on what I see in the mirror. Not on what I see when I step on the scale. Not in how I compare to the people out there. But understanding that I am made in the image of God that I have been designed by him with care. And that what matters is how he sees me. And learning to see myself as he sees me, rather than being concerned with how others see me. Today, I believe that it is so important that we get a right perspective on our bodies, on who we are, One of the ways that can be really helpful for doing that is beginning to get an eternal perspective on things. And so reading our Bibles and and memorizing scriptures that point us towards the eternal, towards the fact that, that we are just a little dash on the timeline of eternity. And that when this dash of our lives is over, that there is an entirety of eternity open to us takes our thoughts off of the here and now and off of temporal things like what we look like and onto eternal things. And that's really helpful. But here at Abundant Springs, we also believe that we serve a God that communicates with us not only through scripture, but also personally in prayer through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to do right now, I I want us all around this room to just take a moment I'm going to give you 60 seconds. We're just going to put a question up on the screen. And I want you to ask God this. Lord, what do you think of me? What do you think of me? Now, you need to be careful here. Because it's really easy for our own negative self-images, our, our, our negative self-talk to come in and, and try to drown out what God wants to say to us. So remember, God may convict us of sin, but he does not condemn us. He will not tear us down. He does not speak contrary to his nature as revealed in scripture. He will not fill you with negative self-talk because you are valuable in his eyes. And so just ask, take out a piece of paper or your phone. And as you ask this question, just whatever comes to your head, begin to, to write it down as long as there's something coming into your mind. And then ask yourself, is this from God? Begin to find the truth of how much you matter to Jesus. And so we're going to do this right now. Lord, what do you think of me?
If you didn't get anything, I encourage you just to continue to bring this question before God. Be open to Him speaking to you. And we're going we're gonna to be working more on learning to hear from God and what that entails, what that means over the course of these next number of months here. But just recognize that He wants to speak to you about how much He loves you, about how much you matter, about how much you're worth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for making us and for the love that you have for us. I just ask that you will impress on each one of our hearts your thoughts about us, how great they are, what you think of us, what you desire for us, that we would find our worth in what you think of us rather than in what the culture around us tells us that we should think of ourselves as we look in the mirror. Help us to recognize that even the most beautiful person in the world has things about themselves that they don't like. Help us instead to begin to find the real thing that matters the value we have in you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus loves and accepts you just the way that you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. Maybe you're in this room and you hear about this man, Jesus, who has provided a doorway out of our brokenness, has provided us hope where there is none, has shone light into the darkness. Because God loves you. John 3.16 tells us that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son, that whoever believes on him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. That life isn't just a a physical life or anything like that. Yes, we're going to live spiritually with God in heaven forever when we pass from this earth. But also the deadness inside is brought to life. That feeling that you're not good enough is taken away because Jesus knows you're not good enough. God knows you're not good enough. But he loves you anyways. And and God in his infinite love for you came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect, innocent, sinless life, and allowed himself to be brutally tortured and murdered on a Roman cross, taking on himself all of our death, all of our sin, all of our shame and brokenness. And defeating it all when three days later he rose from the grave, victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And he now he has risen to heaven and sits the right hand of his Father. And he offers to each one of us his identity. He offers to each one of us a pathway to move away from those things that once bound us, to move away from the way that we once lived. And he says, I love and accept you just as you are, but you can't stay that way. Please follow me. And he begins to usher us in and transform us. To be how God designed us to be. 
So right now, all around this room, I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes right now. We're going to pray a prayer together. Everyone's going to pray this prayer and repeat after me. But if you pray this prayer from your heart, I want you to know that you are making a dedication of your life to God. You're saying, I want to follow him because I know he loves me. I know he accepts me. And I know that he is going to help me become who he always created me to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. In my eyes and in yours, I know I've done a lot of wrong things. But God, thank you so much for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And for giving me life through your resurrection. I choose today to follow you, to trust you, to no longer live as I once did. But I commit this day to living as you desire me to live. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk with you day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you'll see in the seat back in front of you, there's a blue card that says, I have decided. If you want to fill that out and place it face down on the seat that you're sitting on, someone's going to come by later and collect those. And we just want to be able to follow up with you Make sure that you know that you're not in this alone. If you have any questions, be able to follow up with you on that. Be able to get a Bible into your hands. We want to give you a free Bible. We want to connect you with someone that can walk you through the next steps and, and, and encourage you and build you up. Because, listen, this Christian walk is not something that we just make a decision of and then try to do ourselves. But God has given us a community of other Christians to support us and strengthen us and equip us to go and tell the world about how much Jesus loves them. Everyone, I just want to thank you so much for joining us at Abundant Springs today. I'm back next week, so I'll be here live as we finish off this series about our bodies, our body image. And so, so I hope to see you again next week. Bring a friend. Don't come to church alone. Bring someone. Bring two friends, whatever it may be. Maybe it's someone that you've been trying to bring for a long time. Just tell them, listen, you got to be at church. You got to come with me to church on Sunday. What time can I pick you up? I just want to say, go with God. Know you're loved. And you're dismissed.